And welcome to Unnecessary Angst, the Tipsy YA Podcast, which I have once again uh, done a different tagline for. <laughs> we'll never get it right. Uh, they're all right. Yes, true. <laughs> Everything you do is perfect. I'm never wrong. That's correct. <laughs> Everyone else is just wrong. The world is always incorrect, and Julia makes every room better because she adds some perfection when she walks into it. Anyway. <laughs> I don't know. I'm very tired. We had I a know. very long day today. This is more of a exhaustion podcast <laughs> than a tipsy podcast tonight, but it's okay. Uh, and for the first time in forever, we're filming it together, recording it together. I don't know why I say that every time. It's so fun. <laughs> yes, that's true. Um, I don't really know how to do this when I'm, like, I staring I'm at like, you in the same room. Whoa. It's weird. So, for context, for anyone listening, I'm on the quasi-vacation, and uh, Julia came on my quasi-vacation with me. And we are staying in a hotel room in New York City right now while we record. It's like a staycation for me. Yeah. A returncation for you. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, so we spent the day outside wandering around the city and now we're both exhausted, but not too exhausted to catch up with ourselves, catch up with you, and to talk about the Savage Song. Uh, but before we get into the book, Julia, how are you doing? What are you drinking? I'm doing well. I'm exhausted. I bet you know that. Um, I feel like that's going to be the running theme for me. <laughs> yeah. I'm drinking a white wine from your home state of Washington, which you picked out last night, um, from Kung Fu Girl. Um, how, I mean, you've been, it's so weird to like, see like, what has happened in this past <laughs> week, because you're literally, you were here, you are staying with me, I mean, you weren't in New York City, but you were staying with me up in Connecticut, and so you were aware of what I was doing, but I guess for everyone else, uh, nothing much happened actually this past week, um, just, you know, worked, uh, we got to visit some uh, brewery near me, which mm-hmm. I've been wanting to visit, which that was, was nice to have someone to go with. Um, and, uh, yeah. We ordered pizza. We ordered, oh, well, this is stuff we do together. We, we ordered, ordered pizza, pho. We ordered, uh. You made schnitzel? Oh, we, had, we had ice cream. I made schnitzel, pesto, homemade pesto. Yes, yeah, so our, our week was working and food. Yeah, that was about it. And being our awkward, weird selves whenever we're together. Yes, exactly. <laughs> What about you? What are you drinking? Well, I'm not drinking the <laughs> white wine. I'm leaving that to you. Um, but I picked up a butterfly flower lemonade from Barnes & Noble when we were there earlier because Julia uh, made the mistake of letting me go into not one, but two bookstores. <laughs> well, I wanted to go in one, and you want to go in the other, so we did both. Mm-hmm. And I bought six books. Yes, you did. Plus a tote bag and a bunch of magnets. And bookmarks. I bought three bookmarks. bookmarks. <laughs> bought six magnets, three bookmarks, a tote bag, and Gosh. six books. Uh, I don't have a shopping problem. But anyways, when we were in the cafe at Barnes & Noble, I bought this butterfly flower lemonade. And um, they told us we had to use things from our mini bar. So I grabbed a <laughs> shot of gin from the mini bar in our hotel and just put it in my butterfly flower lemonade and shook it up and now it's a fake cocktail yummy yep uh and my week was 
as you know, busy. I worked a ton. Uh, basically, Julia would come home. I'd take like a two-hour break to eat dinner with her, and then I would go back to work until I fell asleep. Um, but it, it's been nice to be back on the East Coast and be in the same time zone for at least a little while. And uh, I'm excited to go back to California, too, and kind of like be back in my house with my mm, own it's been a while for you now bed yeah it's I'm on, I'm almost at two weeks and actually I am at two weeks because I left Friday the second so I'm I'm ready to be home but it's been really nice to be back in New York City and like not necessarily see my old stomping grounds but just like get to wander around and see things and it was cool into we the Harry Potter store today true we did um we got butterbeer at the harry potter store that was fun and we got overwhelmed by crowds we bought we got very overwhelmed by crowds we bought a bunch of house themed souvenirs for ourselves uh i did the same thing when i was in the wizarding world of harry potter at universal studios orlando last week and so i am now going home with many new bookish souvenirs yeah you are (laughs) (laughs) Yay! <laughs> I'm the library. Uh, yeah. I still am reading books from the library. And you're going home with a library for yourself. That is true. Just just growing my personal library. Um, which is, you know, something that Kate and August are definitely not thinking about doing. No. That's very true. Because they do not seem like they read much. No. I mean, August does, but he reads, like, the classics by old white men. So I'm just not, and when I say old white men, I mean like really old white men. Like what? Wasn't he referencing Aristotle? Yeah. What wild? What a wild <laughs> boy. Uh, but so we're here to talk about chapters nine and ten of the Savage Song by Victoria Schwab today, and not a lot seemingly happens in this chapter. But who know. knows? Maybe our conversation <laughs> will take us to, to some uncharted places that we're sure. not expecting. Well, we learn a bit, which is important. We do. We get some good world building in these chapters. Um, So I'm going to kick us off with the synopsis for chapter nine. So basically this is after school because it's chapter six through eight kind of talked about school. Um, August is on the subway and his skin is humming, specifically his now 418 tally marks, and he feels like crap. His influence of making people say honest things is spreading on the subway and people are acting very strange, getting into fights, crying, etc. He rushes through Paris's house, then hurries home. He snaps at Henry, who told him he was supposed to text when he was leaving school, and Henry notices uh, that he doesn't look okay. He goes up to take a shower and sits in a cold shower until the sun goes down. The family was getting worried by the time he joins them. He's exhibiting hangover slash illness symptoms when everything is too bright and sharp and loud for him to concentrate on. They ask about Kate and if he met her, and he gives them some details and tells them he made a friend, but when they press and caution him, he gets annoyed and upset. He storms away and Leo follows, demanding the last time he ate, um, demanding for him to tell him the last time he ate. August tells him it was a few days ago, and Leo tells him to stop trying to play a hero and just eat because starving himself is dangerous, and he needs to embrace the fire inside of him. We learn if he doesn't eat, something will happen. Specifically, he'll go dark. We don't know what that means yet, though. And all the tallies will disappear. Last time August went dark, apparently, 418 days ago, so one tally per day, nine innocent people died. 
August says he would rather be human than monster, and Leo tells him not to compare them to Corsai and Malkai. The Sunai are balance and justice, according to Leo. Uh, August makes a sassy comment, and then Leo calls in for two people on the task force to take a walk with him, gives August a slip of paper, and tells him to go eat. August goes and finds his violin. Chapter 10. Kate is waiting for her father to emerge from his office, determined to prevent him from getting another chance to avoid her. She wants desperately to prove to him she's not the same weird girl she was 12 years ago when the monsters came and he sent her away. Or again, six years ago when he sent her away again. She hears her father's footsteps, but he's walking away and Sloane comes out. She gets into a confrontation with Sloane, pretending her father wasn't there, and then he cages her against the counter. He tells her Harker doesn't want her there. She tries to correct him, and Sloane says she will always be her little Catherine, which she resents, or their little Catherine, and she, which she resents and forces him to tell her where Harker is. He says the basement and tells her not to go there because that is where the real monsters are. We're back to August's, August's point of view. He is heading somewhere with Harris and Philip, two young guys in the FTF who have very positive energy, to put lightly. <laughs> they at least know who August is, and they try to banter with him, but it doesn't go well. August has moved his violin into a case built for a weapon and looks at the name on the paper. He calls it a victim, but hates that word because the person on the paper isn't innocent. We are told sometimes these victims' names and details are brought in by informants, but mostly they are caught on video, like this man was. He also scans the camera feeds, looking for the slight shadows that indicate sinners. We also finally learn what the different monsters eat. Corsai feed on flesh and bone, Makai drink human blood indeterminately, and Sunai feed on sinners only, which is a supreme secret and why Leo chose to align with Flynn rather than Harker. Harker has too many shadows. They get to the apartment building and the guys get antsy. They offer to come in with August, but don't look pleased about it. And we learn the music cannot hurt them, but can take a toll on them. And August tells them to stay outside and watch the front. He goes inside and makes his way to the apartment of the, of the guy, breathes and knocks. The guy opens, August asks to come in, and the guy panics and tries to close the door, but August pushes in and closes the door behind him. Cliff end of chapter hanger. 10. Kind of, not really. That guy's yeah. gonna be dead very soon. <laughs> so, what are your thoughts on chapter 9? Uh, so, what I appreciated about chapter 9 is that it felt like August was finally acting like a normal teenager. <laughs> and just like a normal Anxiety. person. Yeah. Hunger. Hunger makes us all very irritable hangry he was super hangry and like i know when i'm really really hungry i'm just like so angry at the world and also completely useless but i did think it was interesting that his hunger manifests to like an extra level like it's almost like the flu right like he's getting these shakes he needs to go take a cold shower to like cool himself off almost like he's running a fever and it just made me like extra paranoid paranoid about COVID. <laughs> It reminds me more of, like, a panic attack where you get, like, mm. sometimes, it kind of, I feel like, affects people differently, but, like, from what, like, I think of a panic attack, it's, like, you get very heated almost, you're, like, shaking, you're dizzy, um, yeah. and you just, like, you're overwhelmed by your senses and stuff. That's fair. Um, and you just need to, like, sit down away from people and just kind of recoup. 
Mm-hmm. Um, for him, that's eating. He needs to eat. Because, yeah. like, it, I feel like it was kind of triggered by being around all these people when most of the time he's not around anyone. Like, right. that's a lot for a, a kid to take on. Right. It's a big change. Yeah. Totally big change. Especially since he's, like, what, only six years old? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even though he looks older, it's still kind of crazy. Um, and I also thought just the description of how he feels in the lights and sitting at the table, it was just the perfect description of being hungover. Yeah. Like, I know that's not at all what he's feeling, but I was just resonating with all of his irritability and, like, the lights being too bright and everything just kind of being too much. Yeah. (gasps) Bad hangover. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then I really wanted to just, like, hear your perspective on the food, so to speak, that... August has to eat like you know whatever it is that he eats what do you specifically think that it is um how are you understanding and thinking about everything even I guess with what we know with chapter 10 but like all we know I feel like is that it has something to do with someone who has sinned Mm -hmm. and that they are a victim like I don't understand if the person dies or if they just get part of their like almost like their memories or something like taken away I don't know like um, the fact that it has something to do with the violin, right? Mm-hmm. But what does the violin, like, does the violin, like, lull him to sleep? Like, a, a three-headed dog in Harry Potter? Fluffy? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, does the violin work more like a death eater? This is going to pop my, all my pop culture references now. <laughs> but, like, does it act like almost like a death eater kind of thing where it's like sucking your soul you mean a dementor dementor oh my god (laughs) i'm so tired (laughs) don't don't judge me i know my harry potter really well you were doing so good earlier today when we were playing harry potter heads up oh my god we had a streak going we were like straight up every round for 60 seconds getting like eight to ten cards I was very proud of us. The Sunai can come and suck my soul because I have sinned for not getting that correct. <laughs> correct. Um, yeah, so, like, I don't fully understand how it works, and I'm assuming we're going to slowly piece it together. Like, we were given one puzzle piece this time around. Maybe mm-hmm. in the next couple of chapters we'll get the next puzzle piece. But it's interesting to me that it's, like, the victim has to be a sinner. Like, they've done something to sin what defines a sin like is it does it is it based off the bible is that what the sin is like i don't quite understand that and i don't think we've learned it yet and i'm sure it's probably very gray not like hard and fast but based on what we know so far what we can assume is a sinner is someone who has those shadows that only Mm -hmm. the the sunai can see yeah um so, like, Harker has a lot of shadows. We saw, the, like, August had seen that guy on the subway in Chapter 6 when he was going in. Mm-hmm. Um, that guy had had some shadows associated with him. And then from what Kate had seen, remember, there was that guy that, like, mugged that other guy. And when the guy walked away, he had shadows coming off of him. So, it, But then the second guy, like, immediately got attacked by a monster. So, I think... Based on what we know so far, and I, I don't think this is spoiling, hopefully. Um, if your crime or sin creates a monster, you get the shadows. 
Okay, interesting. And, like, that's how the monsters are born, is they're born out of some kind of sin. Got it. Okay. Um, yeah, that's all. I feel like I'm very intrigued about his eating pattern, but that's all we know so far. Mm-hmm. She's clearly keeping it a secret for a reason, and I'm excited to learn more. Right, she's doing it for impact. Um, I, (laughs) so, but based on the things you said, this line might also not have made sense to you, but the idea of Leo telling August to pretend the food is chicken? (laughs) Yeah, that was weird. (laughs) I was like, what? (laughs) Like, are you saying he's gonna go chomp down on a dude? Like, what? I don't, this is why I don't understand, like, what, what is going on? (laughs) I think it's an intentional misdirect. That specific line. Like, pretend the food is chicken. I think she's trying to be facetious and also misdirect because you don't yet know what his eating habits look like. Like, does he know what chicken tastes like? No. That's That's being facetious. Okay. Like, that was so weird to me. Because like, Leo's always making this? fun of him, too, because he wants to pretend like he's human. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> just my last comment for Chapter 9. The whole chapter is just angst. <laughs> it's, <laughs> August is so angsty, the whole chapter. Yeah. It's like, he's a, this is a true teen moment for him. It really is. It's um, pure teen. He is like, Kate, like, Kate is not a teen. She's like... A young adult wannabe adult. Like, she's 13 going on 30. He is, like, 13 going on 7. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. That's not that's not wrong. Um, do you have anything else for Chapter 9? No, just that I'm, I'm guessing that this whole, like, the nine innocent people who died, I feel like that whole incident is going to come back again at some point to haunt him. Um, I feel like I'm waiting for him to get this hunger again and just lose control Hmm. i feel like we're like building to that like we're gonna understand how it works and then he's just gonna like have a moment where he slips up hasn't eaten and loses control so i'm very intrigued to see how that is gonna happen and if like he like this this whole the nine innocent lives that he took is that gonna haunt him even more like Mm -hmm. i'm interested to see his character development yeah I will say the good thing is with chapter 9 is we learned what the tallies are. Yes. Well, I I kind of feel like we got there, though. Like, we we put stuff together to figure that out. Yeah, but it's, like, officially confirmed that it's days. We got confirmation. Um, And now we know, like, where, what it's counting from, right? So it's days since he last went dark. Yeah. Whatever going dark means. But now it's like, okay, so... It's almost the opposite of, like, Black Widow. I'm not meaning to make a, a pop culture reference. But, like, it's almost the opposite of, like, wiping your ledger clean. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of those safety signs at, like, warehouses and um, places where they're moving. Days since last. Yeah, <laughs> days since yeah. last. It's, it's, oh, that's funny. They're just tattooed mystically on his body. Yeah. So fun. All right, what do you got for Chapter 10? Chapter 10. Um... I don't like Sloan. I like the more that we like speak to him, the more he's like, he's like making this rivalry between him and, right? It's a him. Yeah, Sloan's a him. And Kate, and like, there was something about that confrontation where he's like belittling her, 
which was so annoying to me because I feel like that's my one pet peeve with anyone is like if the minute someone tries to belittle me I'm so annoyed it's like on that level I can really relate to Kate and how annoyed she was with yeah. that um, I want to know more about what is in the basement. Is it really where the monsters are? Like, that's such a also cheesy line. Like, that's where the real monsters are. <laughs> I'm sorry, but, like, I feel like I've heard that line a lot. <laughs> um, well, you're going to hear it a lot in this book overall, so I'm okay. sorry. But it's because half of this book is trying to kind of go through the thought process of who is the real monster. Yeah. Like, are the monsters really inclusive of August and Leo and Ilsa, or are the monsters the humans who are making bad choices? Yeah. Has she even met her father since she came back? Yeah. Once. Once. That's it. Okay. So he's basically avoiding her. Yeah. He's 100% avoiding her. So sad. Like, she's trying so hard to be the daughter that I feel like... I don't even know if he necessarily wants her to be like him, but, like, I just, I don't, I guess, understand their relationship. <laughs> we don't know enough about his yeah. character motivations because we've spent no time with him. Like, anything we get about Harker is distorted because even though we're not necessarily following Kate's point of view, because mm-hmm. we're in third person, we're following Kate's point of view whenever we get her portions of chapters, and I don't think that she fully understands her father's motivation. She's trying her best to guess at them, but she doesn't really know, and so it makes her a little bit of an unreliable narrator when it comes to him. Yeah, that's true. Um, with August's point of view in this one, um, Harris and Philip, why I didn't get, I had a question about this, was like, do they know exactly what he does? Like, I understand, like, there's something about the violin that they know they can't handle. Mm-hmm. But does do they know the process, like, his hunger, how he kind of eats and stuff? That's a good question. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if we'll ever find out one way or the other um, of, like, how much exactly they know. But they know enough to know that, like, they really have no desire to be anywhere near him when he eats. And that there's something very unsettling about the violin. Okay. Right? So the music, whatever music he's going to play can't hurt them, but it it can't kill them, but it can wear on them. Mm. And I think it'll make a lot more sense once you actually see him eat in the book. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Um... And then there was this line, I'm trying to find it right now, but I cannot find it for the life of me. Um, oh, no, here it is. When So he's in the apartment now with this guy who has sinned. And he goes, when Albert Ossinger, which, why are we getting the full name? <laughs> like, this has come back again later. I feel like it's, like, a fake kind of thing. Like, it should trick us. But um, anyway, when Albert Ossinger met August's eyes, he knew. Somehow they always knew. Like, there's something kind of chilling about that. Like, so nobody really knows what a Sunai does, I guess, but they must have an idea of how terrible it is. Like, it almost sounds like the Sunai are somehow, somehow worse than the other two kinds of monsters. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean exactly? And, like, how much do people know? 
Well, I don't know how much of it is especially, like, him looking at August and being like, oh, shit, this thing that the soon I do that I'm generally aware of is about to happen to me. I think it's almost, like, cosmic retribution that this guy did something wrong. Yeah. And his karma is now staring him in his eyes. Okay, yeah. And it is black, and he is terrified. That's, that is kind of terrifying. Yeah. Like, I don't, I, we don't ever learn, I mean, at least in these chapters, what he did exactly, but I read, this is, like, the thing, is, like, I want to know what sinning is yeah. defined as, besides, like, you know, just, like, mugging someone. Like, that is a basic sin, like, per the Bible, mm-hmm. but is there some other, like, way that sin is defined, like, is it even simply, like, having a little too much alcohol, because I think that that is technically a sin, too, so at what level of sinning is, I guess, August allowed to feed on these sinners? I I mean, I don't think having a little too much alcohol is going to be one <laughs> of those things. Um, but if you have a little too much alcohol and rape a person, yeah, that's, August, that's definitely. August could probably feed on it. Um, like petty, I don't think petty things like, okay. are considered sins. Well, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, here's the thing, like, is it where somebody sins, like, if someone kills a person versus someone just mugging a person, does that make them more, this is so so bad, does does that make them more, like, delectable or appealing to a Sunai? That's a good question. Because it's a bigger kind of sin than just robbing a person obviously. It's <laughs> a good question. I don't know. Uh, well, I'm, I'm interested. In <laughs> I feel like that's my hypothesis now. This is the one that, I, like, maybe it doesn't come up at all. I don't know, but. And then if they find someone that does something truly heinous, it's, uh, as Edward Cullen puts it, their personal brand of heroin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, God, that's horrific. Yeah. <laughs> what did you have for chapter 10? Um, Kate's just, so going back to Kate's stuff, uh, her vendetta to, like, prove to her father that she isn't weak just, like, breaks my heart. It's so hard to watch her, like, process information and think that, like, it's not okay to cry or it's not okay to be scared of bugs or the dark. Like, these are things that kids should be allowed to be scared of. These are things that adults should be allowed to to be scared of and these things and these the ability to fear should not be robbed yeah from children because it's so important to learn how to fear so you don't end up dead (laughs) fear is a very important thing (laughs) and i just i don't know it breaks my heart to see how she processes things she's like why can't be afraid of that Mm -hmm. my father's daughter can't do it and it's oh it's so sad uh, I also really, kind of going back to what you were talking about Sloane and his little competition with Kate, I really hate, especially when men do this, when they act like teenage girls are incapable of change and just consider them beneath notice based on how they were as younger children. Because, first off, teenage girls are constantly surprising. 
-hmm. Like, they are constantly, they are trendsetters. They are, like, defining pop culture for the entire world most of the time. And we need to listen to teenage girls and we need to understand that they're capable of change and capable of doing some really scary and heinous shit themselves. Yeah, that's very true. Why do you think most YA murder mysteries are, like, teenage girls going psychotic? Like, they're capable of a lot if you push them. And, like, you should not just underestimate teenage girls because of how they were as a six-year-old. That's unrealistic. And it just, it pisses me off how much Sloane underestimates her. I don't like it. Uh, I really appreciate Harrison Phillip for the comic relief that they provide. They're two idiots. But I love them, and I hope we get more of them. I hope we get more of them as well. I would really appreciate that. Very, very fun. Um, That was pretty much it, though. I didn't actually have a lot for Chapter 10. Okay. Well, they were pretty short chapters. Yeah. There wasn't too much to unpack there. I think the big thing was that we learned that Asunoi feeds off of the sinners. Yep. Which is a pretty big deal. (laughs) This is true. So, um, pop. Pop culture. Do you want to go first? Chapter nine? Uh, yeah, because I don't have that much. Okay. For chapter nine, I think I already talked about it. The whole violin thing, I don't know what it's for. Like, maybe the violin is the violence, which would be kind of poetic. A violin is violence. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it is in a weapons case. Yeah. But assuming it's just, like, to lull the person into a trance almost, it reminded me a lot of the, um, of, as I said, Fluffy and the Three-Headed Dog and mm-hmm. Harry Potter, where you have to basically use music to lull the dog into a trance. Um, yeah. And, yeah, that's really all I had for Chapter 9. <laughs> what did you have? Uh, so, you're going to hate this one, but I just wanted to put it out there, because then you know me. I like to tie our books back to other books that we've already read on the pod. Uh, August's, like, almost panic attack in the shower is so much better than Evelyn's supposed panic attack in the shower. And I was just much happier with how this was written. Where we actually, like, knew there was a panic attack. Yeah. And, you know, he wore the appropriate amount of clothing into the shower. Yes. <laughs> Not weirdo Evelyn going fully dressed into a shower, and then us not knowing till six pages later that she apparently had a panic attack. Yeah. Uh, so that's my first one. Uh, this is not really a pop culture reference, but I put it here anyways. Uh, August's whole vibe in Chapter 9 just reminds me of a Snickers commercial. What? Oh, like, eat a Snickers and you'll be happy? Yeah, because, like, he's super hangry. And so it just reminds me of, like, when you have, like, I don't know, Mike Tyson or something just, like, screaming at a bunch of people and they're like, um, here, have have this Snickers. Snickers." And it eats it and it turns into, like, Betty White. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, it reminded me of that. And then this may not be exactly a great comparison, but the idea of August, like, going dark and, like, accidentally killing a bunch of people um, reminded me a bit of in the Vampire Diaries when the boys kind of, like, push themselves to the brink and then have to turn their humanity off and then they Mm -hmm. go completely crazy and kill a bunch of people. Basically reminds me of when Stefan turns his humanity off and goes full on Ripper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, that's a good, good one. Yeah. 
not saying that that's what happens when August does this, but just like the the idea, of the it, way yeah. it was described reminded me of that. Okay, what do you got for chapter ten? Chapter ten. Okay, this is a bit of a stretch, but there's something about Sloane and like the way he confronts and kind of belittles Kate that remind me of like the evil stepsisters in Cinderella, <laughs> where he's like. He's, like, the both of them combined. I can't remember their names. Um, but, like, obviously in that one, they're related to their mother, and Cinderella's the outcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this one, Kate is the one related to her father, and Sloane is the um, addition to the family. Right. But it still reminds me of this, like, the way the stepsisters would always, like, kind of bully her and push her out even farther from the family. Yeah. And the same way that Sloane is t- trying to do that as well. I like that. Um remind me a lot and then uh this actually just came up you remind me when you're saying how kind of fun harris and philip are remind me a lot of the shadow and bone series um before they die do problem and mikhail both they're like they're it's like the buddy cop kind of combo Mm -hmm. like i mean i hope (laughs) harris and philip will last a lot longer than a couple chapters (laughs) But, um, <laughs> poor Dubrov and Mikhail. They were definitely, like, the comedy relief for, for Shadow and Bone in the same way that Harris and Philip are giving the comedy relief for what could be a very, like, dark <laughs> chapter for mm-hmm. August. Mm-hmm. So they're there to lighten the mood. That was it. So I will start in the middle of my pop culture references to piggyback off of what you were just saying. Uh, the idea of, like, that buddy cop coming in purely for comic relief is obviously very Shakespearean. Mm-hmm. Um, so my f- brain first went to Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> as well as Benvolio and Mercutio. And then, of course, we have to I then tie Benvolio to our Mercutio. our favorite yes. iterations, Benedict and Marshall. From Chloe Gunn. From These Violent Delights. Um, so yeah, those are my, my buddy cup references for Harrison. <laughs> Harrison Philip. Um, Okay, both of these references, like, are from romantic relationships in their specific books, but I'm not making these pop culture references in romantic context, so, like, FYI. (laughs) But when Sloane's, like, being all, like, (laughs) evil, weird with her, and, like, pinning her against the counter, and, like, just trapping her and invading her personal space and being super creepy uh first off i was getting vibes um from edward when he gets all like weird and like moody with Bella, and he's like as if you could outrun me and he's like chasing her around in the woods and being all creepy uh it was reminding me of that and then i don't i don't know why i don't know why at all but it was just giving me darkling vibes but like post okay, make me your villain when he got just, like, really bad. Hmm, interesting. Don't know where it was coming from, but I wrote it down because I was getting vibes. Okay. <laughs> no enough. plot, all vibes. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, the pointed nails <laughs> that he has. Yeah. Very Morticia Adams. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> just putting that out there. The shadows uh, covering the sinners... Um, and that kind of, like, making it very clear to tell who the sinners were reminded me a lot of dust. 
in his dark materials. Oh, that's a good one. Like, and it's it's ironic because obviously dust in Lyra's world, they call it original sin. Yeah. Um, and that one does have a very religious context, but it doesn't operate in the same way as these shadows clearly do. But, like, you can mm. see it when you see children and, like, their demons that they're just, like, caught, like, dust is everywhere. And the dust is protecting them from things that adults are not protected from. And that's why they don't get impacted by those, like, ghosty things in the city of the knife. I do not remember any names <laughs> of anything me. in his dark <laughs> materials. But I was getting dust vibes, and I thought it was interesting that it tied into, like, the concept of sin. Okay. And um, then the fact that the music cannot hurt non-shadowed people but it can impact you a lot still. Reminds me a lot of A Court of Wrath and Ruin. What? I don't even remember. Akawar, the third book in that dumbass series. Um, there's this mirror in the story that shows you who you truly are. Hmm. Like everything about your personality, put the good and the bad put into a reflection. A reflection. Okay. And it drives most people mad um, or kills them, basically, because they just cannot stomach seeing themselves that way. But the people who are truly okay with themselves and comfortable in who they are and have enough good in them to not be driven mad by it can come out not unscathed, but come out okay still. Like, Feyre does it. She still has nightmares about it. But, like, she's, for the most part, okay. And that's because she was strong enough and was a good enough person mm. to make it through. So, like, the idea that, like, you could listen to August's music and it would... Even if you're the purest person, it could still fuck with you, but you wouldn't be ended by it. Reminded me of that mirror. The Oravos, I think, is what it was called. Uh, and then another... Vampire Diaries reference, but, like, I know it's August and we're rooting for August, but I really hate when someone tries to close a door and someone else grabs the door and forces their way into a room and then, like, shuts the door behind them. Very Vampire Diaries. Because <laughs> if they've been invited in, they'll do it. Yeah. And it's scary. Uh, also, very much like any cop show <laughs> ever. Um, also kind of like Matic in the beginning of The Cruel Prince. Yeah, yeah. Very scary. Yep. That's what I had for pop culture. <laughs> nice. MVPs. I'll let you go first. Okay. Okay. So, hmm. I think my MVP, oh, there's it's like hard. nothing good. I'm going to go with Kate. Oh, wow. Okay. Because... She's clearly going through a lot, and I'm really proud of her for staying super calm when basically a scary vampire backs her into a corner. And she, like, stays calm, works her way through the interaction, like, doesn't give up on what she wants and still fights to find out where her father is. And, like, <sighs> takes balls. Yeah. So, good job, Kate. Okay. I'm going to give mine. I think I did... Did I do August last time? 
Uh, I don't know because it's on my oh, it's, okay. it's on my desktop. I'm so sorry. Well, I'm gonna give it to August um, because I feel like he pulled through basically a, the equivalent of a panic attack mm-hmm. and was like, okay, maybe I really do need help, um, which is a big deal to say. And he finally gave in. He was like, okay, I need to eat. And I get the feeling that maybe he doesn't like eating. Like, maybe he's uncomfortable by it, or he just... Like, why... Like, if he's hungry, he shouldn't be putting it off that long, but maybe there is a reason that he's been putting it off this long. Maybe he's just not comfortable about it. So, um, the way that he calmly goes into the situation, Mm -hmm. like, just is, like, basically trying to get his business done and, like, leave... Um, I, I sympathize with him. Like, that is really yeah. tough. He probably didn't seem to want to do it, so. I think, and we'll find more out about this, obviously, once we actually see him eat, but I think you're right that he's uncomfortable by eating, and I think a lot of the reason is because it reminds him how not human he is. Yes, that's very true. Which is sad. Yeah. Poor sad. August. Um, okay, so what is what is your wine rating for these two chapters, Julia? My wine rating, I'm comparing it to a cheap California Chardonnay. We're expecting just a little bit more, and you still have that, like, slight bite of acidity from, you know, like, August having to finally give in to his hunger, mm-hmm. Kate trying to confront Sloane, like, but... It's pretty lackluster. There, you get like the basic palette going on of like fruitiness and stone and everything, but mm-hmm. it, there's not like you're basically drinking it to get through it. Not a whole lot else going on, and it's that more one. like a I would say a seven out of ten cheap Chardonnay. Okay, seven out of ten is still high. It is because I feel like we learn important things. Like it plays a good role mm-hmm. um, in our understanding. Um, it's the kind of California Chardonnay you get at a party that you really kind of just want to leave but you're going to keep drinking the wine because it's and it gets you drunk it does the job yeah (laughs) exactly the only time I will drink Chardonnay yes exactly (laughs) (laughs) so yeah what's your whining reading 10 out of 10 oh god yeah there was so much angst in these chapters uh I I love August I sympathize with everything that he was going through but he <laughs> was a whiny baby. He was. In both chapters. He was. And, like, there wasn't enough Kate to balance out all of the angst that he was feeling. A good portion of it was probably unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Um, he did not need to snap at his father nope. or his brother. He did not need to skip dinner and make his mother worry. Like, everyone was a little on edge because he was on edge and having lived with a teenager those are the worst nights so yeah i'm i'm going as high as we can 10 out of 10 for this week sounds good sounds fair yeah also this is like one of our shortest episodes well there wasn't to be fair i mean we were tired but there wasn't a whole lot as i said like like they were pretty quick chapters quick chapters not a whole lot going on. We got one major detail. I mean, I think the thing is, too, like, Kate had a very, very short 
POV, if you will. Right. Like, there wasn't... She basically talked to Sloane, and that was the end of her chapter. (laughs) I know. Yeah, I think we need more from Kate, because Kate... I mean, August is providing a sense of mystery to an extent But we're also learning a lot about August at the same time. Right. Learning everything about him. Kate, we are learning, like, all we've gotten so far is that she is a very prominent um, daughter, Mm -hmm. um, and does not have a good relationship with her father. Mm Mm-hmm. And has been kicked out of a bunch of schools, and that's it. And like her mother ran away. That's all we know. But we don't. Yeah, we don't know really. I mean, that her mother put them in a car accident. Yes. But we don't know the motivations of her mother. We don't know what her family life was like. And I also a lot of that stuff will come with time. But I think a lot of the cool thing that I like about Kate, and probably why this chapter is a little bit more lackluster. These chapters were a little bit more lackluster. Is we learn about Kate through action. August is a little bit more passive, stuck yeah. in his thoughts. So we still learn a lot about him, but not necessarily a lot happens yeah. while we're learning about him. Kate, you learn through motion. Um, and so when you don't get a lot of Kate, you don't get a lot of forward motion. That is very true. Yeah. But overall, still fun, quick discussion yes. <laughs> for this week, which is probably good since we're traveling and... Honestly, I don't know what the sound quality oh my gosh. is going to turn out everyone. to be. We apologize in advance. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, quick and easy. So, you can follow us on social media. We actually posted something in our Instagram stories today, so that was... We did. Look at us. It was very much on a whim. So yeah. Maybe that's how I need to do it. Yeah. I need to start posting my TikToks, like, to the stories, Yes, probably. you should. Uh, yeah. But I, I know. <laughs> I know I should. <laughs> Where can they follow you on TikTok? Uh, you can follow me on TikTok at Chantel Lamar. Beautiful. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's my handle. Uh, but for the podcast, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Unnecessary Angst Pod. You can follow us on Twitter at unangstpod, and you can also email us questions, thoughts, books that you think we should read, books that we have read that you want to talk in more in depth about. We're we're always happy to get emails. <laughs> um, so, and you can email us at unnecessaryangstpod at gmail And with that, we're gonna say good night. Good night. Farewell. Au revoir. <laughs> Merci. So long. (laughs) Auf Wiedersehen. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. Oh my god, it's not like Snow White. Um, okay, no. Bye.